Good evening everybody. Welcome to Sunday Night Local. We're going through the Believer's Toolbox again and um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in eight o'clock on a Sunday night. Um, I tell you what, I've got so much stuff to share tonight. <laughs> uh, be prepared, okay? Have pen and, pen and um, notepad ready and um, just during the week, go through some of the scriptures and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal stuff to you as you as you as you as you do that during later on in the week. So um, so my sound engineer in the background has given me the thumbs up and which signifies that we are live on YouTube. So welcome to uh, Family Church Waterlooville Sunday Night Local, the Believers Toolbox. Tonight we're going to start on the Revelation gifts. So if you've got your Bible ready, open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read from verses 7 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses 7 to 11. And it starts off and it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he dives in and he starts listing these nine spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. That's those nine spiritual gifts. In verse 11 he says, but one and the same spirit, same Holy Spirit, works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It's as the Holy Spirit chooses. Okay, so for teaching purposes, what we do is we, we're going to categorize these nine gifts into three categories. And tonight we're going to look at the one which is called the revelation gifts. So there are three categories. First one is revelation gifts. Second lot of three is called, are called the utterance gifts. And then the third and the final bunch are called the power gifts. And before we jump straight in about the revelation gifts tonight, I just want to I just want to give some really important points, some bullet points, just to sort of I know we've done quite a lot of groundwork already in laying a foundation on this on this series, but I just want to make sure that we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, okay, or from the same overhead, <clears throat> AV, whatever the stuff is that we use nowadays, okay. But important to remember that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we are referring to in this series, are supernatural. They are not natural abilities that we have within us okay they are all supernatural and the Holy Spirit wants to work in us and through us in the same way that Jesus ministered um, when he walked on this earth as a man 2,000 years ago emptied himself of his deity anointed by the Holy Spirit 
filled with the Holy Spirit and he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's how God wants to work through us in his church today. So we to desire those gifts. We, we went through this last week. We should desire the gifts. We can ask for them. We earnestly desire them. We can seek them. Be passionate about these gifts. And something that's so important, become mindful of the gifts. Remember, um, but earlier in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, my brethren, my sister, I do not want you to be ignorant. So that's why we're learning about these gifts now, but become mindful, become aware of, the, of these nine spiritual gifts. You know what? We are a three-part being. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. But we are not called as believers, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are not called to live a one-dimensional life that we are not supposed to see things just in the natural realm. You know what? Years ago in South Africa, there was an advert for a men's deodorant. And the, and the, the words went along these lines. It talks about these grey men wearing grey suits and working in grey nine-to-five jobs. And, <coughs> excuse me, and then... You know, the, ad, the advertisers were actually advertising this, this, this men's deodorant. And then they say, or you can change to ego, which was the name of the deodorant. What a terrible name. But you can change to ego. It will change your life. The reason why I said that is that we're not called as believers to live beige lives. Our favorite color shouldn't be beige. Okay. The Holy Spirit is so colorful. He is so full of life, so full of zeal, so full of passion, so full of power and purpose. And he wants to flow in you and through you. He wants to help other people on the end of your obedience. So we're not going to live these gray, one-dimensional lives. No, we're going to become mindful of the things of God. We're going to become mindful of the Spirit of God. We're going to become mindful of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know what, when, 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 when you're helping somebody, or when I'm helping somebody, you know what, I can, in a natural, as a pastor, I can counsel you, I can give you lots of good advice, I can, I can just speak from the natural. Well, if I were you, I'd do such and such. But you know what, I'm not you. And um, praise God, you can say, <laughs> thank you, Lord, I'm glad she's not me. But, um, but I can, I'll eventually get to the end of myself. But that's when in a counseling situation, when maybe when you're helping somebody, speak to God, speak to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say in this situation? And just like that, the, the, the Holy Spirit can, can, uh, will manifest a gift that will, it will show you things. And the situation, you could have gone around for days and days and days counseling this person. It will be resolved in an instant by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is the way that we're going to help people. Um, you know, a perfect example of this, I just think of Jesus. You know, remember in, in John chapter 3, this Pharisee comes to Jesus. His name is Nicodemus, and he comes to Jesus at night, and he says, um, you know, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. What is Jesus' response? He doesn't confirm or deny anything that Nicodemus has said. Instead, he just says, 
you must be born again. You must be born again. And that, that is spirit-led. That is, that is Jesus. He gets to the heart of the matter. He straight away, he goes to the heart of the matter. You must be born again. He could have got into a day-long discourse with Nicodemus about whether he is of God, whether these things are real or not. But instead, he just got to the heart of the matter. And that's what we need to do. So the gifts are always profitable. They always benefit um, other people. They can benefit us in when we're trying to help people. Um, but they are powerful. And they are purposeful. Remember, the church um, is an organization. The church is an organization. It sounds awful thing to say, but it is an organization. It has structure. The church has structure. It has processes. It has accountability. It does auditing and all this type of thing. But that structure of the church, that is just sort of scaffolding, to, which will enable us to minister effectively and also to ensure that we are doing things legally and safely to ensure safeguarding and that type of thing. But, but we need to remember that actually the church is a living organism and that it's a living, breathing organism and that the life, there's an inward life which flows from it, which is as it was in the early church. And the good news is that today we're still in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are still for today. That's my introduction. Whew. Okay, people, fasten your safety belts. We're going to now go into the actual revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts are gifts, gifts that bring revelation. And they are the word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So these are the three gifts that we're going to try and cover tonight. Okay, so the word of wisdom. First of all, what it's not. The word of wisdom is not the natural wisdom of God. Now I say those words natural wisdom because the wis God is obviously, he is wisdom. Okay, that's who he is. That's his nature. And we, we get the wisdom of God from his word and um, but this is not what this what this is not a word of wisdom. So it's not also when a person is just wise about all kinds about everything. You get some people that know it all, but it's not about this person who's wise about all things. So the word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit gives you supernatural revelation or word about a future event that has not yet taken place. That is what a word of wisdom. It reveals God's plans and purposes in matters still to come. The word of wisdom gives you the ability to know something divinely. It comes with a good amount of information. It frequently has a lot of detail and it can be very instructive and can be very specific. That is a the gift of the word of knowledge and it can work in every area of your life this is these gifts are not just um, reduced or um, um, limited to ministry or to church okay a word of wisdom can help you in your in your job situation God, God can show you stuff about your job um, things that are coming up he can show you things but we just need to be sensitive to him but he will give us supernatural solutions 
um, and also has a lot to do with timings as well. So God will, he, 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 will, he will give us, he will tell us how to do things the right way at the right time with the right people. It's very instructive. It's very clear. The instruction is clear. And a word of wisdom can be given one-on-one -on -one to one person, or it can be given in a group setting. Maybe there's a word of wisdom for, uh, for a church. There could even be a word of wisdom for somebody in government. So it could impact nations, potentially. A word of wisdom can do that. And, but it's always about how to do something. It's about... It's, it's like getting information on how to straight from the Lord. So, um, you know, God often leads us, he normally does lead us step by step as we journey <clears throat> through life. But with a word of, but a word of wisdom, <clears throat> it's a revelation. It's like a download. It's, it's just a download with instructions and detail at that particular moment for a person. And the reason why the Holy Spirit will give us this gift at times is to actually warn us about a future event so that we can be prepared. Um, now, important thing to remember while we're trying to teach on these gifts of the Spirit is to remember what we're doing is we're separating the gifts individually and we're trying to explain how they function, what their purpose is, and uh, you know, and, and how, what, what they actually are. But frequently, um, the gifts of the Spirit will operate together. And it's really hard to define where the one finishes and the next one starts. So we don't sort of say, okay, Holy Spirit's given me a word of wisdom. This is a word of wisdom operating in me now. You know, and now it's finished, and now I'm going into another <laughs> one of the gifts. It's not like that. It really just, the Holy Spirit flows, and um, there's just a flow to the Holy Spirit. That's all, that's the only way I can explain it, really, is that there's a flow to the Holy Spirit. A word of wisdom doesn't always make sense as well. A perfect example of this, we're going to look at some examples now. perfect example of this is um, in John 21. You know, after Jesus had been crucified and, um, and he's been raised from the dead and now he's walking on the earth, Peter decides to go fishing one night. And so he takes a number of the disciples with him and they go out fishing. They didn't catch a thing, nothing the whole night. And they came back to shore and who's on the beach waiting for them? Jesus. And he says, go back out and cast your net onto the other side of the boat which they did and they came back with such a huge haul um, so you know you can see that that is a word of wisdom in operation and you can see it you can judge it by its fruit or in this case it's fish because there were so many fish there were 153 fish i don't know why the bible actually specifies 153 fish but there you go so um, but it's a word of wisdom it 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 had no it made no sense because like the boat is relatively small but it was just also a supernatural work of God but it was a word of wisdom in operation there oh there's so many I've got so many examples um Jesus preparing for his triumphal entry into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday so the week before Easter 
Remember, Jesus um, sent two of his disciples into the town and he said, go to the village opposite and there you'll find a man with a, with a, with a donkey and a, and, a, and, a, and a foal. And you must say to the man that my master has need of this, of this donkey and this, and this colt. And they did this. And it was there, the donkey was. The donkey and his little foal was there. And this, is, this was to fulfill a prophecy that the, that the prophet Zechari Zechariah had prophesied 500 years earlier. The prophecy was, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus explained to them by word of wisdom that the colt is there, the donkey is there. Just go and ask for it. And so this prophecy was fulfilled. Now we're going to go to another scenario in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10. I would highly encourage you, read this this week and the week ahead, but read it with eyes. Ask God to show you some stuff from this fantastic account. So I'll try and summarize it as much as I can. But this is the account of a, um, a Roman centurion whose name is Cornelius. And now this guy is a Gentile. He's not Jewish. Um, he, he is a Gentile. And um, he, was fast, he was fasting and praying and seeking God. And he has a vision. He had a vision. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Cornelius, these are his words. He says, Cornelius, um, send for a man named Peter, who is in Joppa at, at Simon the Tanner's house. And Simon the Tanner's house is next to the sea. So it's postcode specific. The detail this is a word of wisdom in operation the detail of it was so clear it was so detailed it was very specific so Cornelius responded <clears throat> the next day he sent his men out to go to Simon the Tanner's house to go and call Peter to come back to his house so while the men are en route to Joppa to go and fetch Peter. We go to, it's like the scene changes and we go, we go to Joppa and we see Peter is on his roof at noon praying. I love the way the Bible says, he started getting hungry. He started getting hungry, it was noon, he was praying and all of a sudden he has a vision. And in this vision, this sheet comes down from heaven with its corners tied and all these animals and mammals and creeping things are tied to this sheet. And I love, and, and, and um, this voice comes and says, um, a voice comes to him and says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, the Lord knew he was hungry. I just love this. I mean, it's got nothing to do with it, but I just love the detail. How God meets us where we're at. He knows what's going to turn our heads. And um, But Peter says, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything un anything common or unclean. And, and it says in verse 15, And a voice spoke to him a second time and said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. But a voice came to him. A voice came to I don't believe it was an audible voice. A voice came to him 
a voice came to him and a voice spoke to him and but what the interpretation is of what God was saying there is that um, Peter the gospel is not just for the Jews it's for the Gentiles and the Jews had there was animosity between the Jews and the Gentiles and the Gentiles were classified as dogs basically and um, but but God is saying no um, don't call them unclean. And so Peter spends some time pondering. In fact, a couple of times in this, in this account, Peter's pondering about what all this means. It says he's pondering about it and he's thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit says to him, again, it says, the Spirit, capital S, said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, Doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Another gift of the Spirit. A word of wisdom. The detail. The detail. There are three men that are looking for you downstairs. You need to go with them. You need It's a future event. You need to go with them. So, the end result is, of this account in Acts chapter 10, which is beautiful, is that Peter accompanies these three men, <clears throat> goes to the house of Cornelius, and um, the house is filled to the rafters. Cornelius has in the meantime invited his neighbours, his friends, his relatives, and they are all sitting there waiting for Peter to arrive. <clears throat> and when Peter arrived at Cornelius's house, the penny dropped. That's when he realised what God is talking about what don't call common or unclean. He's referring to the Gentiles, not to some animals on a sheet. And Peter goes ahead and he preaches Christ to these Gentiles. In fact, in Acts 10.38, I know you can repeat it. Acts 10.38, he talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Oh man, don't you just love how these things just come together? It's like a you know a piece of the jigsaw. And what happened? These Gentiles heard the gospel. They responded. They got saved. They got filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. A revival broke out in a Gentile's house the first time that Gentiles were saved born again by the Spirit of God. It's just some observations from this account, it's just so amazing, is that the gifts of the Spirit manifested both to Cornelius and to Peter, but the, but, but the outworking of those gifts was quite progressive. They were in stages. You know, Peter didn't get the full understanding about the revelation of, of, um, of, the, of the vision that he was given. He only got that once he arrived at the place. Then it all came together. Then he realized, oh, he's God was talking about the Gentiles. And the important thing as well is to remember that the, both in both these accounts, um, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the word of um, wisdom manifested, both of them were praying. Both of them at that time were seeking God. It doesn't mean that you have to be praying and seeking God, but what I'm talking about is more their heart attitude, is that they were, they were waiting to hear from God, and God came through. God spoke to Cornelius and to Peter. They were spiritually aware. 
They were, they were open to the things of God. And that's what we need to be like. We need to be ready. Lord, speak to me. Drop a gift in for whatever purpose, however you will, Father God. But speak to me. Have that openness. Um, God shows... Oh, it's just so much. I've got so many, so many things to share here. But remember also that the gifts frequently work together. So that's a word of wisdom. <clears throat> I haven't got much time left, so I'm going to hurry up a little bit here. Okay. Are you still with me? Give me a thumbs up if you're with me. Second revelation gift we're going to cover now is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. And what it's not, okay, it's not... Um, someone who's very knowledgeable about so many things, okay? <laughs> um, it's not about being weird or spooky. Very clear, okay? Let's not get weird, people, okay? Let's not get weird. This, there's nothing weird or spooky about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the thing about a word of knowledge, <clears throat> it's not about exposing sin in someone else's life. Very important to remember. So what is a word of knowledge? The word of knowledge <clears throat> is supernatural revelation about a current or past situation which we couldn't have known about uh, in our own knowledge without the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. So where the word of wisdom that we spoke about just now is very detailed, very specific, the word of knowledge is just a fragment it's very, it's normally quite a small bit of information that you're given. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's a fragment of knowledge which is divinely um, revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of this gift is always to help a person. It's always there to help, to help a person. God doesn't expose us. He doesn't expose our, our past to condemn us. He doesn't do that. He does it to help us. Remember, he's a loving heavenly father and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are of benefit, of profit to all. So, and the, the, the work of this, uh, the word of knowledge can be very effective actually when dealing with unbelievers, with people that are not yet saved. If God shows you something about a person, about a person's life, past or present, that can, that can, to an unsaved person, to a saved person even, but to an unsaved person, that can just verify the, 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 the actual existence of God, that God knows, he sees, he knows that person, he sees what's gone on in their life, and they will just respond to him. As, as this loving God, but God won't condemn, he won't expose them just to, to condemn them, but just to prove his existence and his love for them so that you are able to help them. He doesn't judge them, he doesn't condemn them. It's to help that person. Um, of, often the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge will work in tandem together. So if God reveals something, that fragment of information, God reveals something, um, just that bit of fragment, frequently he will show you 
He will give you the way forward. He will say, okay, so this is, a, this is something that's happened in this person's life. And this is as a, this is the result of it. But here's the way out. And he will obviously he will frequently give a word of wisdom for the future in order to help that person to to move out of the situation that they're in. So remember that God reveals to heal. He doesn't reveal to judge and criticize and to condemn. But that the gifts. Are there the, the gift of the word of knowledge is there he reveals to heal we need to become spiritually aware we've got to become spiritually aware and just as an example just a couple of examples from my own personal life just recently um, I was attending a, a, a zoom call obviously and um, it was a meeting and um, right at the end of the meeting the meeting had gone on for a couple of hours in fact and right at the end of the meeting, we were just having a time of prayer and just closing the meeting. And um, out of the blue, I just felt to pray for a certain person that had nothing to do with any of the meeting that we had just been attending. And um, I, But I had this sense of urgency in my heart. And I just started praying for this person in this meeting. And... Um, I was told the next day that actually at that very moment that person was facing a crisis situation in their own life but they suddenly had a release that suddenly they had peace the the, the crisis just resolved itself it just sorted itself out and that is and I think it's so important that we realize and we recognize that God is frequently we're operating in these gifts, but we, we, we're unaware. But we need to be more aware. We need to be spiritually aware. Even today, <laughs> um, Chris and I were in a situation today where something had happened and it, it involved somebody else and um, something had happened. And <clears throat> we had great opportunity to second guess this thing and to for it to go round and round in our minds, in our hearts. And for our soul to just take over and to to sort of think about it and, and just spend waste a whole lot of time on it really. And but we left it and Chris did something, he went off somewhere and I was doing something else. And the next thing the Holy Spirit spoke to Chris, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about the exact thing. We came together and Chris said, This is what I feel God's saying. And I said, That's exactly what God has just said to me. He brought clarity. He brought, there was peace. I love the fact that God is the not the author of confusion, but he's the God of peace. So, it'd be, but we could have gone with our emotions. We could have spent a whole lot of time today going with our emotions, going round and round and round. You know how strong those emotions are, but we chose, we yielded to the spirit of God. And so there's nothing special about us. You know what? There's nothing special about us, but God wants to use you. And But you need to be aware. Need to be aware. When God drops someone in your heart, pray for them. Pray for them. Don't just think about them. That's being natural. That's being that gray man in that gray suit, in that gray nine to five job. No, that's not what we call to. We call to live a life of faith, of holiness, of, of seeking the things of God. Okay, so a perfect example of this has to be the woman at the well. 
my sound man is sneezing his little head off in the background here <laughs> bless you Chris but um, we have to look at the woman at the well and I'll just try and explain it very quickly but remember Jesus comes he's traveling through Samaria so the Samaritans and the Jews had nothing to do with one another and um, but there Jesus is at the water and he sat thus by the well I love the way the New King James says that this Jesus was weary and he sat thus by the well and a woman came along with her water jugs at midday which is unusual she was obviously hiding something because the woman would normally go to the well at sunrise or sunset but not in the heat of the day and Jesus asks her for a drink and um, and she says uh, and they get into a discourse you know you know the account they get into a discourse and eventually Jesus says to her go and call your husband and the woman says I have no husband and I love what Jesus says he says you have well said I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly you know what that is a word of knowledge boom right there and the detail of it is quite profound actually but it was a word of knowledge that you've had five husbands the man you're with now is not your husband but I love the gentleness of Jesus I love his compassion I love his 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 um, just his 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 sensitivity to this woman he, he, he sort of puts these bookends on either side of what he's saying he says you say rightly you have well said I have no husband and he says for you've had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband's in that you true you spoke truly he puts these bookends and he says he and he encourages her and says you've done well because you've you you've spoken the truth and um, but he doesn't just leave it there and instead so by, by explaining that he is aware of this she goes into the city she tells all these people about this man who knows things about her without her telling him and um, people come back and many people believed in him and followed him but the important thing to remember here as well that during this word of knowledge is that Jesus was alone with this woman he was sensitive to her the, the disciples had gone into the city to go and buy lunch so he didn't sort of publicly display this woman's sin and so when God gives you a word of knowledge be very careful be very sensitive don't expose um, a person's history okay be sensitive be gentle um, but always ask God to show you the way forward the word of knowledge is not you is not to be used to take advantage of the circumstances of other and it's not for public display okay so just be sensitive so revelation gifts the word of the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and now we're coming into land on discerning of spirits so what it's not discerning of spirits is not about a gift of discernment it's not about discerning right from wrong good from evil righteousness from sin it's not okay discerning of spirits is not the ability to read people's minds and very importantly discerning of spirits 
is not the gift of suspicion. Okay, you don't go around looking weirdly at people wondering, hmm, yeah, I wonder what spirit you're of. No, we don't do that. Okay, we're not acting wacky and weird. <laughs> so what it is, what is the discerning of spirits? It's a divine ability given to us by the Holy Spirit in which we are able to tell by a person's motivations and beha or behaviors by what spirit they are being led. In other words, what is, what's motivating that person as far as a spiritual presence is concerned? What's motivating them? So it's almost like this gift of um, discerning of spirits. Um, it's almost like, you know, when you go out at, at night and you look at the stars and you see all these galaxies, but if you want to actually focus in on a couple of the planets or a couple of the stars, what do you need? You need, you need that telescope because you want to see the detail. You want to see the detail. Or if you, if you um, want to look at a, maybe a molecular structure of something, you'll use a magnifier, you'll use a, um, uh, a microscope. So whether it's, whether it's something very minute or very something very far away, we'll use a telescope or a microscope. And, and the gift of the discerning of spirits is something similar to that. It's something similar to, to it's, it's like it brings, it brings things into focus in our, in our hearts to see what's motivating a person's actions or behavior. And it's, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, this is a, it's one of the gifts that you can almost, almost keep on the on position, if you like. There are times when, when it comes, when the, when the gift of this discerning of spirits comes through strongly, but there's also a time when you can always sort of keep that, keep it on, keep it on, okay? Don't just switch it off. And, but we're not going to become weird, okay? We're not going to sort of start being suspicious of everybody. Um, so, and to look at this, we're going to, um, and, and why, what's the purpose of this, of this gift is for protection. And also, you know, what the Bible says, you know, um, to be careful of the people that you're hanging around with. And we need to be able to discern, you know, what spirit is behind people, what's motivating them. And we're not to associate with those who are of the wrong spirit. And I've got a couple of examples of these. In Acts chapter 16, I suggest read this during the week, but in Acts chapter 16, it's the account of a slave girl who um, is possessed with a spirit of divination. And, um, and the Bible says that she, that she bought her masters a lot of money because they used her with the spirit of divination for fortune telling. And Paul and the apostles are busy ministering. And this girl started following them as they were ministering. And she was crying out. The Bible says she cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And you think, well, actually there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's truth. These men are. Paul and the, and the apostles, the other guys, Peter and the guys, they, they are servants of the Most High God, and they are declaring to the people the way of salvation. But the Bible says she did this for many days, and Paul got greatly annoyed. And he turned and he said to the spirit, 
little s, he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out that very hour. The interesting thing here is that that girl was telling the truth. She was, she was, she was telling the truth. But the motivation behind her words um, and actions was demonic. It was demonic. It was disruptive. And counterproductive. It, there was just the fruit of chaos all over this. The woman, that girl, was drawing attention to herself. It was disruptive. They didn't need some announcement. God, Jesus doesn't need an announcement, okay? And But this girl took it on herself because she was inspired by, by a demon. She was demon-possessed. And what uh, Paul did was he cast that spirit out of her. Now God is not the author of confusion. You know uh, uh, some time ago when we were involved in in another church some years ago um, I remember something similar to this happening and we were in a church service and this was happening for a couple of weeks on a Sunday during the worship and I mean the worship was loud you know they were it was done through PAs and you know, there were, there were microphones and electric guitars and drums and it was, you know, normal kind of, you know, modern kind of church. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, this woman, <coughs> sorry, um, this woman would come into the service and she would start singing so loud that you could hear her above the amplified sound coming from the worship team. And, um, she would be out of time, she, so she was drawing attention to herself, but she was a distraction. And I was given the task to go and lay hands on this woman and um, pray for her quietly. Well, I did that. I tell you what, this, um, this woman manifested in the middle of the service. She swore at me, she screamed, she shouted at me, and various things happened, but she was, you know, it was dealt with in, in a proper way. But that was, that was, that's in real life, that's what it can look like. And that's what my experience has been in this. But um, that, that woman was demonically inspired. She was demon-possessed. Um, so another example here is in Acts chapter 8, talking about the spirit of, um, of uh, discerning of spirits and in Acts chapter 8 we see the account of Simon the sorcerer now Simon the sorcerer was a young convert he had converted to Christianity just stay with me I'm we nearly ended okay he had recently converted and um, and the Bible says that he had offered money to receive power associated with the laying on of hands so although he was born again, he didn't quite get, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit yet. So he offered, he says, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said to him in Acts chapter 18 verses 20, Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart, your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, and uh, of this wickedness. In other words, it wasn't a, 
a demon possession. It was sin. He, he was in sin. And he was saying, you need to repent. Your heart is not right in this matter. You need to repent of your wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of your heart may be, be, may be forgiven you. And he goes on and he says, for I see, this is Paul speaking to Simon, the sorcerer, who was now a, a converted Christian. He says, for I see that you are poisoned with bitterness and bound by iniquity. Boom. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge used there. And the purpose of that word of knowledge was for correction, to correct this guy. God doesn't, God doesn't wink at sin. God doesn't wink at sin. But he wanted this guy to get to repent. His, his heart was wrong. And he was bound by bitterness and iniquity. And then I'm just going to finish this now with, we have to look at Simon, uh, uh, Peter, Peter, Simon Peter, in, in um, talking about discerning of spirits. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asks this great question. He says, who do men say that I am? And some say that you're John the Baptist, some say this, some that. And then Jesus says to Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter comes up with this great thing. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter and on this rock. Okay, not the rock of Peter. Peter was not the first pope. Okay, on this rock, this revelation knowledge of who Jesus was, that is, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So praise God for the discerning of spirits. God, um, um, Jesus says, my father in heaven has revealed this to you. It's a revelation that he had that Jesus was the son of God. Praise God. That's awesome. Two verses later, two verses later, listen to what happens. It says, Jesus begins to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And Peter takes Jesus aside and says, begins to rebuke Jesus and says to him, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And what's, what's Jesus' words? Get behind me, Satan. For you are an offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So Jesus wasn't actually calling Peter Satan, but he was addressing the spirit that was influencing Peter at that time. So discernment of spirits is when we sense beyond our natural senses. We sense what is of God, what is of flesh, and what is of the, or what is of the devil. So with that, I think I've run out of time terribly, but I, I had so much more to say, but we've run out of time. But I just want to encourage you that, you know what, maybe, you, maybe God has been using you in a certain gift over the years or months or whatever. Don't limit God. Don't limit God. Remember that the gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. And, but we need to be open 
We need to be open to how God wants to use us. So next week, we're going to jump into one of the other three categories. But until then, uh, just pray God's blessing upon you, God's peace upon you. Have a fantastic week, but be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Bless you. See you next week.